All right, week number six or seven. I don't know. We've been doing this too long. We, uh, I'm not sure exactly which episode because we're just having fun doing it. 3 a.m. Coney. I am drinking 50 West. Oh, yeah. New uh, blue drink Rattler from them. I love Rattler. It is delicious. It is very good. I'm drinking uh, coffee. You're drinking coffee out of your perfect mug. I am perfect. <laughs> Got a uh, Budweiser <laughs> Cincinnati Buds here that I'm not not drinking yet. Maybe I'll chug that when they make the playoffs. Well, yeah. I heard but, a stat today about the Reds, Matt. The 17 out of the last 20 years, if the Reds don't go 15 and 10, 17 of the last 20 years losing seasons. 17 of the last 20. Wow. Yeah. So they might need to change their name to Cincinnati Buds to get some good luck going. I mean, they were undefeated for like three games. So I was like, oh, this is going to be <laughs> – we're going to have to call them the Cincinnati Buds if they go undefeated for the rest of the season. For sure. For sure. Do you like my new setup? I do. We got it all set up. Credit my girlfriend. It's a lot better. Now I need, to, I need to put some more stuff behind me. Well, you know what actually really inspired me to change is I, um, while I'm coaching, kids sometimes will ask me, what do you do? Like, is this your only job? I'm like, well, I do this podcast and I show them. And one kid goes, you know, it's funny. It looks like the other guy's trying to make his background look cool and yours looks awful. The 10-year-old <laughs> said that to me and I went, okay, well, I guess I'm going to go improve the background now. <laughs> there you go. What? Stop fighting these 10-year-olds. I don't know what you're I doing. listen, man. They start stuff, right? There you go. You Got to listen to the TikTok era. Well, it's just – I had a couple kids cry this week. That wasn't my fault. They just had, like, outside life stuff, and they start to lose a game, and they just well up and, and start crying. It's, it's not fun. It's All right. Well, enough about children crying. Big story for today. Joe Mixon – four-year extension just happened. Yeah, well, this is really good for the Bengals. They got this done early because, you know, you've got Kamara, you've got Dalvin Cook, really talented running backs that are about to have their deal done, and you don't want to have a Dak Prescott in Dallas situation where, you know, you fall behind and now you've got to pay him more than this, and, and now you're negotiating against other contracts instead of just yourself. It's really good that the Bengals got this done if they were going to do it. It's very important that they if, – if you're going to do it, you do it now. If you're not going to do it, don't do it at all. So I'm glad they got it done when they did. Yeah. I mean, they don't, they don't have to pay Dak Prescott in Dallas. They got Andy Dalton. They can just <laughs> – <laughs> he's better than Dak anyway. But, yeah, with, with Joe Mixon for the, for the past few weeks when we weren't sure when or if this was going to happen, it's been – a lot of cryptic tweets from him, just emojis or just little little quotes like, I understand my value even if you don't. And I'm just kind of like, what does that mean? Does that mean that it's coming? Does that mean it's not happening? I think he was definitely messing with everybody. Oh, yeah, Twitter. absolutely. He was, he I'm was sure that the, a lot of fun doing it. I think the negotiations were probably going swimmingly. And it was just little details they were working out. He said, Bengal said, we're definitely going to get this done. And Joe's like, let's not leak that. I'm going to mess with Twitter. Yeah. Every day. You know? <laughs> what are we going to say now? <laughs> well, and then they yeah. took a picture with the Blackburns all smiling and happy, and they're definitely fine. They were definitely going to get this deal done the whole time. And, you know, I really like this deal because there are all these little signs 
little tiny signs time and time again that the Bengals really believe in Joe Burrow. And this is one of them because we have a prime example of having one of the best running backs in the league, not having a quarterback and seeing how much that works for you. That was last year going two and 14. You don't sign this type of contract, a running back to a five-year deal at that amount of money. It's four-year deal, but he has this year. So it's five, this amount of money, unless you think there's a quarterback there that can elevate his play. You're trying to get a weapon for a guy you believe in. Zach Taylor has said it. Every training camp report has said it. The pictures of him being absolutely ripped have said it. The kid's ready. The Bengals believe in him. They're going to sign guys to support him. They've shown that. And I really think this could be a different type of Cincinnati Bengals over the next five years. And I, I really think we're one playoff win away from an indoor practice facility. I think that's what we're looking oh, for. Oh, yeah. That, that's what we need in order to unlock that. Yeah, because, listen, Mike's right now, he's like, yeah, I'll spend money on free agents. I got to pay players anyway. And he's like, okay, we'll update the, the media team. We'll get a bunch of new graphics. They, yeah. hi- they clearly got a new video team or poured money into the current video team. One of the two, because recently it's since gotta be new. Yeah. they've been awesome, absolutely awesome. So if it's the same video team, thank you for taking whatever money and really improving what you did. If it's the new video team, you're doing a great job. Either way it is. Mike Brown definitely put some money into it. If Joe Burrow has success, the merchandise sales, the hype, the belief in the city, the Reds looking like they're actually a worse organization. Because if at the end of this year, the Reds missed the playoffs and the Bengals made the playoffs, there is no way as a Cincinnati fan, you can tell me this organization is better than that organization. Just by plain facts over the last 20 years. And if that starts to happen and you see an opportunity to turn this into a Bengals town and Joe Burrow with power, a playoff win in these first two years says, listen, if you want me to sign again and be a Bengal for life, we need an indoor practice facility. You bet your sweet ass that thing's getting built, right? Because Paul Brown would rise from the dead and come after Mike if he let Joe Burrow walk out the door because he was too cheap to buy an indoor practice facility. And if Burrow's winning playoff games, Mike Brown can trick the whole city into paying for it anyway. So I think we're going to get one in the next five years if there is winning and success. And, you know, I think there will be some this first year, seven and nine, eight and eight, whatever. But I'm feeling really good about the Bengals way better than I'm feeling about the Reds. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I mean, the Reds, Reds' playoff probability is plummeting into the 30s. I mean, they, they have looked somewhat good in, in a few of the past games. You, you said that they needed to win all but one of the past week, and they did not do that. Um, they are now, what, at 15 and uh, 20, so they would have to go 15 and 10 the rest of the year even to get to 500, which they could still make the playoffs at under 500. But it, it's looking like the Bengals, Bengals hype is going up and Reds are – we are who they, – they are who we thought they were. Well, it, except every bat in the lineup is batting 30 points or 40 or 100 like Suarez less than you thought they should. Yeah. It, and it's just, you know, their probability is where it deserves to be. Their expected win-loss – so last season, 
when they had a losing record, their expected win-loss was actually much better. Their expected win-loss is right at their record. It's maybe a game better. So I'm not even sure who to really blame at this point because early it felt like David Bell is mismanaging the bullpen. There's no sense of urgency, and that's why they're floundering early and blowing a few games. Then the lineup goes dead cold. And so, well, can you really blame David Bell for that? Well, he's not playing Aquino. He didn't play Akiyama. But then all those guys start sucking anyway. I mean, Aquino, I, I'm, I did that Reds alternate broadcast, which check mm-hmm. that out sometimes. I'll, I'll try to do it whenever I can. It'll be on my Twitter at More Lucas, and it's just me doing play-by-play. I've done a bunch of baseball play-by-play. I love doing it. Just do it from the living room. I'm saying before the game, hey, this is huge that Aquino's getting at bats. He's a guy that hit 19 home runs, nearly a 900 OPS last year. And I think this guy can be a real contributor. And it's amazing to me that we're out there trading for outfielders who are 28 years old and bat 248 when you have this guy in the organization. And then Aquino goes out there and has the worst four at-bats of the day. Mm. And so it's like, okay, well, I guess the whole team just sucks then because nobody's hitting. Suarez, not doing well at all. Votto is old and washed. We're never seeing the old Joey Votto again. I hope you know that. And he's still my favorite player. Don't, don't even start with the Votto slander. He took three days off. He came back and he bang, bang, two straight games. Okay. And <laughs> in three weeks, he's not going to be yeah. batting 280. So if Joey Votto is a 250 to 290 guy with a high 300s on base percentage, you will take that for somebody his age. And we didn't even get that. That's what I wanted from Joey Votto this year. The dude's batting 214. Well, 214 yesterday might be up to like 225. Like, I know that there's moments and he looks pretty good, but Votto's wins above replacement, right? Votto's wins above replacement over the last three years, her year was 2.7. If you take the same amount of time in the three or four previous years, it was 6.8. He's washed. It's done. He's still a positive player to have on your team, but he certainly isn't worth the contract he's getting. And we knew that this was going to happen when he signed the damn deal. That when he got to the end of it, he was going to have to be the veteran leader on a really good team, and he wasn't going to be an MVP anymore. And this Reds lineup has been so bad, top to bottom, that now it's like, well, Votto's not an MVP. It's his fault. And Votto was just hitting. No. Moustakis is underperforming. Castellanos, great. Winker, amazing. Outside of that, yeah, the whole team. Say, him, him, and, him and Winker are the only two that have not been. Yeah, the, but the whole team has stunk it up. I mean, you can't name another player that's done okay. Like, Barnhart's not doing great. I, mm. Trying to go through the lineup, Akiyama, disappointment. The whole thing has just been – it's been disappointing. And the bullpen is bad, yeah, but the Cubs' bullpen sucks too, and they're in the top of the division. And the Cubs have been selling, and the Cubs are probably still going to sell. So what in the hell is going on? I, I really am thoroughly confused. Thoroughly confused. Look at the Indians. We, we took Bauer from the Indians. Their starting rotation's better. They trade Clevenger. They're still in first place. Yeah. What's happening? I, I don't know. It's not making mathematical sense in my brain, and it's a 60-game season, so it's pretty much already over. Yeah. Yeah. Not enough time. All right. We, uh, let's switch from Reds to Bengals. We kind of skipped uh, Joe Burrow here. Well, you got the you got this clip. Uh, you got this clip ready to go. Yes, we're about to play the clip. 
we just had to get the Reds out of the way, which by the way, Johnny Gomes here, for those of you that don't know, Jay Bruce here. I've had these bobbleheads since, you know, they came out. I think, let's see, this one was 2014. And this one, I believe, was 2011. Yeah. 2011. Another disappointing year. But anyway, just wanted to shout out the two bobbleheads. Do you know what jersey this is? I feel like, I mean, you got the bobbleheads right there. I feel like I'm talking to three people now. Like, I already have an audience that I'm. Well, this is 81. It's not 18. I know there's a weird mirror That's, thing. Uh, is, that, is that Hush? Who's 81? That's a T.O. jersey. T.O.? Yeah. T.O. Okay. So this is Ocho and T.O. I got them the same year. I was super excited for that. Nice. And then they went 4-12. and 12, So. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, those, they were kind of entertaining. That's a profile. Well, we know the number one hater is he keeps trying to butt in here, Colin. The number one hater of Joe Burrow so far has been – Colin Coward. He's been saying, hey, slow down on the kid. I don't think he's got a great arm. So let's go ahead and play this clip. Colin Coward has taken a complete heel turn. Here he is. Oh, football focus. The stories are coming out that Joe Burrow is lighting up camp. Yesterday in a scrimmage, six for six, 70 yards, touchdown. Um, people, he just ripping it up. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, Colin, you're going to crush him. Nope, I'm not. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to shift a little bit on Joe Burrow. I'm starting to see something with Joe Burrow that I really like, and it's not six for six. It's not his spirals. It's not his college career. I'm starting to see something with Joe Burrow that's really impressive. When I poked Baker Mayfield in the ribs, police video, his height, poked him in the ribs, kind of a reach. Oh, it bothered him. He fired back every time. Every time. Because Baker was not ready to go from best college team to lousy NFL team. That's a certain level of maturity and self-esteem that few have. Baker Mayfield has admitted in the last month Baker's words, I lost my way. I lost who I was. I've been on Joe Burrow for six months. He follows me on social media. He retweets me. He never fires back. Because Joe Burrow's self-esteem is not tied to what I think of him. Joe Burrow's self-esteem, and this is really important, is tied to what Joe Burrow thinks of himself. I always said this. The athlete has to show you and tell you how great he is, is always the most insecure. Joe Burrow never fired back, not once. And that's important in the NFL. Because in college at LSU, he rarely trailed in football games. They always had more good players, even against Alabama. It's a much easier life. The NFL is hard. You get hit more. It hurts more. And his team is lousy, and he's going to lose a bunch of games. And when Baker lost a bunch of games, he fired off at teammates, he fired off at the medical staff, he fires off at media because Baker puffed his chest out. But he now admits, Baker now admits, i got to get more focused on football. And good for Baker. Good for Baker. He's getting it. Joe Burrow is already there.
took Baker two years. Joe's there. He's not bothered by me, not bothered by critics. Kind of kind of puts his arms around it. And that's a real thing. That's a real thing. Because this league, the National Football League, beats you up physically and it beats you up emotionally. It's on you all day. The toilet paper that never comes off the shoe. It never comes off. You're getting hit. You're getting poked. You're getting maligned. You're getting knocked. You're getting criticized. You're getting doubted. And if your self-esteem is tied to anything other than your value system, bruh, you're in big trouble. Joe Burrow gets it. Not bothered by me. Doesn't give a rip. Doesn't care. I love it. Not that he's following me. Not that he's retweeting. Although I admit I got very excited. He's telling me. Burrow's all on the stuff that matters. Bengals, teammates, football, playbook, confidence. That's what it's about. This league's not about the biggest arm. Joe Montana didn't have the biggest arm. Best quarterbacks in this league don't. Mahomes is rare. He's talented, best arm and best quarterback. We don't think Lamar Jackson is the best arm. This, this league's not about the biggest guy. Is Russell Wilson big? Is Drew Brees big? It's never been about the arm and the size and the swagger. It is about confidence, focus, judgment, maturity. I may just start saying nice stuff about Joe Burrow. Well, listen, when I criticized Colin before, Matt, I don't know. For me, when I criticized him on this show before, that was not coming as a Colin Coward hater. I have listened to that guy since I was 12 years old. Like, and I know, and I knew that he is much smarter than his Joe Burrow takes have been. They were weak. They were had a lot of holes, right? The, oh my God, he's got a lot of great wide receivers while I'll turn around on the other side and say Tua is going to be better while Tua's got Jerry Judy and four other first round picks and four other first round picks on the offensive line. I knew he knows that. I knew he knew that. Didn't make sense. This is a story I heard about Colin Cowherd once. To make his show better, to engage his audience more, to make a point, he will use his platform and power to craft a narrative. So he will purposefully doubt a player, point out the holes, point out the flaws, so that he can do the heel turn and say, see, this is what really matters. And he proved it. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what he did. I think that's exactly what he did. I think he heard the arguments about Burrow. I think that he wasn't paying a lot of attention. He said, I want to see it in camp. I'm going to test the kid because when you're a national radio guy like this, you do have power in the way sports are thought about and talked about. No doubt. You do have power. And he said, I'm going to poke this kid in the ribs nonstop and see if he can handle it. And he did. And he did. And he's right. He is focused on all the right things because that is who Joe Burrow has been for his entire life. And anybody, and I knew that Colin was going to come around on this because it's so hard not to, because Colin was the one for years that's been saying that same thing, confidence, focus, preparation, 
He's been saying that that's the stuff that matters more than anything else in the NFL since I've been listening to him. So it blew me away that this this Burrow kid comes along who's everything he's ever thought an NFL quarterback should be, and he burned him. And he came around. And I think it was on purpose. I think there was this, he wants to tamp down the hype, make points on one side, and then swing it around to really emphasize what's important about being a quarterback. And I think it's brilliant radio. I mean, whether you think it's fair or honest, he doesn't care. He just wants you to be entertained. And I will continue to criticize him when he takes shots at Burrow. But I think this is his real opinion on him, and it should be. Yeah, and and do you think this is going to be a turning point? We were going to have a full segment where we were just going to be tearing apart Colin Coward, and now we don't necessarily have to do that if this is a turning point for him. If he was just trying to see if he could affect Burrow the same way that Baker Mayfield was trying to, was didn't have that confidence, and he had to punch back every single time. Burrow has not done that. So if Burrow passed his test, Burrow passed that six months of ridicule, and now Collins looking at him and going, okay, I just wanted to make sure. And now you are who I think you are. You have all the right stuff. You are focusing on the right things. You have won me over in every category. I just needed to make sure that the, the last category was something that you were able to, to come through. And this is the thing that should really upset Browns fans. Because here's the difference between Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield. Here you have two doubted, counted out, Heisman Trophy winners that are hyper accurate who broke records in college at their respective schools. Mm -hmm. They both have swagger. They're both a little cocky. And on the field, they act pretty similar. Now, Joe Burrow would never grab his crotch, but Joe Burrow did do this. That's coming. Joe Burrow did do this. Yeah. Right? Joe Burrow had swagger, confidence, somewhat cocky, some would say. The difference is, is Joe Burrow is only that way because he works to that point. He knows that he's done everything possible to be prepared for this moment, and he's earned that confidence. And Zach Taylor yeah. says that. It's an earned confidence, not swagger. And, and that's such a better way to put it because Baker Mayfield doesn't work for that. He is not that type of guy. And maybe he is now, but he certainly wasn't coming in the league. He wanted to grab his crotch. He wanted to be cocky. He wanted to not shake hands at midfield. He wanted to be a guy that goes on Colin Coward's show, gets in his face. He's the bad boy, and he didn't do the work for it. He got fat because he got married, which, by the way, it's amazing to me that your wife wasn't trying to be like, hey, honey, you know, it'd be great if we had $300 million. You might need to not be fat and focus on being an NFL quarterback. But instead, let's stuff our face and plan our wedding. I mean, that is just a horrible support system to have. And that is the worst excuse in the history of mankind. Oh, I got married, so I got fat a little bit. Dude, you're in the NFL. You got this. You got this much time, this much time to make money, and you're going to go get fat over a summer? Like, no. I mean, the Browns better be 10 and 6 this year because as soon as Baker hits any sort of real adversity, he's going to crumble like a pile of bricks. And that's the difference in why Browns fans should be upset that they were 0-16 when they were instead of this year with Joe Burrow. Because here you have these two guys that both these organizations need. Yeah. The Browns and Bengals, they're so bad, they need a personality 
that kind of gives them confidence. Right? The entire you, need yeah. that, you need that dude because the Bengals tried Andy Dalton, and they were a great organization. They put pieces around them. They won games. But when the moments mattered, when you're in Heinz Field against the best organization in the NFL, when you're in the playoffs somewhere your organization rarely ever goes, you have to have big, giant balls to put on the table and go out there and win because you're not in a great organization. You're not in a historic organization. And you can feel all the fans in the stadium – nervous you can feel that stuff and the problem with baker mayfield is he doesn't want to do the work for it and he'll crumble under the pressure and joe burrow is not that guy not that character and if he goes out and has the worst rookie season since peyton manning he's going to come back better and he's going to come back more focused and he is going to be a better quarterback and that's not a guarantee for baker mayfield i mean bengals fans this has been about a perfect as a training camp as we could have had I mean, this has been right down the line, perfect a perfect training camp. You wish guys were a little healthier. You wish the O-line looked a little better than it has. But, I mean, check the boxes. Kids, kids should have been the number one pick. Kid will be an all-pro. Kid will be the best Bengals quarterback of all time um, if yeah. he stays healthy. I, 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 Boomer sizing Kenny Anderson is a pretty are, low bar. Where, where are we putting the, the, the barometer now? Are we at a little, an 11 out of 10 here? Uh, no, I'm not until games. I can't push it above 10 until there's games, but yes, 10 still in the national media. Now with Colin jumping aboard, we had them at a, at a four. It's up to seven. I think. Oh, okay. It's up to seven. I think because they read the same shit we read, right? They're like, hold on. He's doing really good at camp. Wait, Mike Thomas, I thought he – oh, that's not the actual Mike – that's a different Mike Thomas that I've never heard of that's 27 and all of a sudden he's being better than all these other Bengals receivers because Joe Burrow's throwing to him. Well, I wonder why that's happening at Bengals camp. Auden Tate looks like – who's Auden Tate? Did he catch – wow, this that's is – That's their incredible. fault if they didn't know. That's their fault if they didn't know Auden Tate. Yeah, I know Auden Tate's pretty – but he looks like – I mean, these guys look like superstars, and that's what great right. quarterbacks do. So – I think that the Bengals have a real chance to start 2-0 because I disrespect the Browns. And I think it's harder. I I think that – because what you're going to hear before that Thursday night game is, one, Burrow's a rookie, first prime time, maybe he's a little nervous. As soon as you hear that, you should think, that person's an idiot. Get him out. Okay? And then you're going to hear, well, Burrow's a rookie, and it's a short week. Short week, Thursday night, rookie, won't be able to prepare the Browns have a new coach. They're a whole new operation, top to yeah. bottom. And so the players are the ones that have – all the players have to learn a new system. So they are going to have a harder time preparing for a Thursday night game than an already established coaching staff in a rookie quarterback. So, to me, I think the Bengals could start 2-0. and It just depends on how they start in the Chargers game because there could be a strip sack. The defense could be awful. We'll see. If they can beat Herbert or whoever starts for the Chargers, they're going to win Thursday night, and they'll be 2-0. and And if they're 2-0 and and Burrow's got six touchdowns or something, the barometer's going to go up to 10,000. I won't be able to handle it. <laughs> it's out of 10. We can't just start adding numbers to it. 10,000. It'll be up. 10,000. Dude, there Cincinnati will melt if they're 2-0. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I am, my expectations are high. Joe Burrow and the Bengals this season for that first game with the Chargers I'm still counting that as a little bit of a preseason game like I'm expecting 
Joe yeah. Burrow to do well. He's not going to throw four picks and get sacks and. 19 times, but he I mean, might be sacked 19 times. But you know, he's you know, he'll, he'll just stand there and people just bounce off of him. But, um, yeah, it, it they, they could lose that first game as long as they are not losing to the Browns and they don't get into a losing streak and start to fall apart. So, how do you think that they are going to be doing this season against the rest of the division? So, here's the, here's the thing the Ravens. If Lamar Jackson's on the field, we're done. Because to beat the Ravens, you need linebackers. Good tackling linebackers. That's not what we have. And the most harmed position by COVID-19 is going to be linebacker. Those guys need to tackle. They're not tackling, right? That's going to be awful. It's going to be – you know what? I'm even nervous about Justin Herbert. They might not need that kid to throw. They might just need him to run because the Bengals linebackers can't run and can't tackle and can't fill the gaps. They're the worst linebacking unit in the NFL, and Lamar Jackson's going to rip them up again. So unless the Bengals get turnover luck against the Ravens or Lamar Jackson for some reason isn't out there, I don't think they beat the Ravens this year. For that simple reason alone, it doesn't matter how good Joe Burrow does. If Lamar Jackson's going to drop 145 with his legs on your head, you're going to lose. The Browns, the Bengals usually do really well against the Browns, and they have Joe Burrow, and I don't really trust Kevin Stefanski, and I don't trust Baker Mayfield – so I think the Bengals beat the Browns twice, at least once. The Steelers, yeah. the Steelers, it depends on their offense. I think Big Ben's going to be washed. I think they're going to be essentially the same team that they had with Duck Hodges, but actually turn the ball over more because Big Ben definitely doesn't think he's washed, and he's going to try to throw the ball like he has for the last 10 years. So I think that if the Steelers' offense stalls – which I think there's a chance it might, yeah. um, then the Bengals and Steelers games will be, can Joe Burrow lead two touchdown drives, one of them late against that defense? And I think he can, and I think he will, and I think you split the Steelers. That's, that's how I see the division playing out in my mind's eye. But I definitely see a world, certainly, where Baker Mayfield's taking himself serious, that Browns team has talent, Kevin Stefanski's a little better coach, and they're actually pretty good. I definitely see the world where Big Ben did actually put in the work, is actually not washed, and that Steelers team is really, really good. I see that world. It's not what I think will happen. I think there's a chance Bengals are second-best team in the division. But with our linebackers, we're never beating Lamar Jackson. Never. Yeah. Yep, I would agree with you on all fronts. I think uh, um, Baker Mayfield getting fat and following in Big Ben's footsteps, that would be – Hilarious for the Bengals with Joe Burrow to face Lamar Jackson and then two of the fattest quarterbacks in the league <laughs> back to back. That's a little bit different. It's like, okay, they're not going to run out of the pocket, and then this other guy is going to run all over you four times. But yeah, no, I, I think that the Bengals, if they can, they're not going to beat the Ravens. If they can beat the Browns both times, take at least one from the Steelers. If Burrow, if the Steelers, it's always a close game with the Bengals and the Steelers, unless we get blown out. But if it comes down to a Joe Burrow fourth-quarter, two-minute comeback against the Steelers, that, that's essentially like a, a, a playoff game. That, that's a stepping stone. We're not expecting them to go to the playoffs and win a playoff game this year, but if they can do that this year, that's a first, first, first great step into next year. Well, it, I mean, they might put a statue up of the kid. I mean, yeah, really. I would. I mean – I think with the Steelers, 
you just need because it's it's so embedded in the organization that you don't beat the Steelers. Everybody knows Bengals Steelers Steelers win Steelers Steelers Steelers. Remember that playoff game? Remember this game? Remember the Monday night game? Remember the blown seventeen point lead? Remember this 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 this. Everybody knows it. What you need is a guy who just doesn't care, and that's what Joe Burrow is. He does. He's not going to think about it being the Steelers, just like he didn't think at LSU it's Alabama. Oh my God, we'd never beat them, right? Yeah. So I think that Joe Burrow is going to be the first Bengal. And this is the key, because you can go back the last 15, 20 years of Cincinnati Bengals football, and you go to crucial points in the season, and the Steelers game always changes it. There's, there's so many yeah. times their four and three could be five oh, and three. Dumb, and, then. and then a bunch of guys get hurt, they lose the Steelers game, drop the next two, season's over. Yeah. And seriously, the Bengals would have made the playoffs. I, I went back and did this. I don't have it on hand. But I went back and did everything since uh, 04. And if the Bengals would have just beaten the Steelers like 50% more, they'd have made the playoffs three more times and won two playoff games. So if they would have just been able to conquer the Steelers, it's a whole different 20 years for the Cincinnati Bengals. You need a Steeler conqueror, and I think Joe Burrow is. And that's what it should be most exciting for Bengals fans because overcoming that Steelers thing – is the first step to this being a Super Bowl organization. Because yep. if there's an organization that's your daddy in the league that literally owns you, owns your soul, owns your state, owns your stadium, you can't win Super Bowls. So the first step is to erase the Steelers from the top of the AFC North and to erase that entire idea in the fans of Cincinnati and the national media that the Steelers always beat the Bengals. You do that, then we can talk Super Bowl. Yep, that's that mindset. That's that first stepping stone. And then we are on our way. Yes, and we are on our way out of here. I think we're out of topics. So, fun yep. show today, Matt. It's a blast. I love my new background. It looks better. Heart. Now you can, you can show, the, uh, show the, that 10-year-old and be like, all right, who, whose background looks better now? <laughs> I'm going to have to put more up. I got too much white space. We'll just keep one up in each other. <laughs> It'll just be so much memorabilia. One week, I'll, you. one week I'll sneak into Colin Coward's studio and you'll be like, what the hell? <laughs> there, you, there you go. That would be awesome. All right. That's 3 a.m. Coney. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Check out the clips on Twitter. Follow, share, subscribe, like. And from Johnny Gomes to me. <laughs> Johnny Gomes. Bye-bye. See you next week. <laughs>